Oh, my computer crashed. Oh no, I've got a virus. Oh, uh, no way, no internet connection. Do you need help? Call IT Mayday. 647-977-7113. ITMayday.com. Hello and welcome to The Condo Expert. This is Linda Pinizzato brought to you from the studio at the Hayes FM here in Mississauga. You know, I was thinking about what to talk about today because I've covered so many different issues in the past and two things that came to mind was one in particular was newcomers to our country. You know, I'm really concerned that the Condo Act is ridiculously confusing not only for true Canadians that have lived here, born and raised in Mississauga, Toronto, or anywhere in Canada, but, you know, that are very well adverse to the English language. But then we have to take a look at newcomers to our country. And, you know, of course, Canada is very well known for our multiculturalism. And uh, we're proud of that. So as far as, you know, information awareness and, and understanding where you know, you can get this materials and start learning. I mean, that's fine and dandy, but the materials have to be written in everyday plain language. Because aren't you kind of defeating the purpose? I mean, really, what is the point? My background actually is German. And I remember growing up, my mom, you know, as much as she tried, she never was able to lose that beautiful accent of hers. And I remember going to school and it was quite funny because we're in home economics in grade eight. And the teacher said to us that we're going to be making a doily. I had no idea what she was talking about a doily. Like what on earth is a doily supposed to be? So as she was explaining it, you know, knowing me, Linda, I am who I am. I'm very outspoken. And in grade eight, I put my hand up and I told the teacher that she obviously had it incorrect because you don't call it a doily. You call it a decala. Well, that didn't go over very well. So lo and behold, it is called a doily. But the German version of a doily is a decla. So the interesting part is, is it took until I was in grade eight in a school atmosphere for me to actually learn what that word meant. So funny enough, yet my mom was very adverse in the English language. I mean, she could read and she could write. But of course, there were certain words that she just stayed with her old custom and she never changed those. So when you're taking a look at newcomers to our country... Even if they take every single effort to learn our language, they will not really totally understand our crazy slangs. I mean, we have a whole slew of different slangs. You know, instead of refrigerator, we call it a fridge. No different from in England, they call it what, an icebox, I believe. So when you look at that and you think of all of these, you know, ways that the language could be perceived... You know, and on top of it, I mean, we're not really an easy language. You know, if you think of the word there, what, we've got four different spellings and four different meanings. So where I'm coming to here is that how does our government or how does anyone for that matter provide information to newcomers that they will be able to understand? And especially if you think about it, newcomers are most likely going to be buying into the condominium market. And how are they going to understand what they bought? So if you take away the element of, you know, a different language and different cultures and you try to explain things even in everyday language, it still can be somewhat confusing. But if you turn around and you take the Condo Act, for instance, and you look at the legal mumble jumble, 
33 years as a realtor, I have to read some things twice before I'm able to understand them. And I work with contracts on a day in basis. So, you know, I think newcomers really need to, you know, research a lot of information and certainly, you know, go on to special sites. I know the Canada Mortgage and Housing Corporation, they offer a fantastic site called Housing for Newcomers. And it will actually, it will explain to them what to look for when they're buying a home. It will tell them details about making an offer on a purchase. It will also give them the information that they need about location, location, location. I mean, think about it. If somebody just came off the plane and they've just landed here and now they've got temporary residence and you turn around and you say to them, well, you know what, in real estate, it's really, really important to think about location, location, location. What does that mean? What if they are coming from Dubai and, you know, you've got a beautiful area that's all developed, but you do have a lot of desert land. So if you're talking about location, 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 I think they have to understand why did we make that statement many, many years ago in the industry. Interesting enough, you know, the mortgage side of the picture is a whole other ball of wax. So they really need to go into the bank, make sure they feel comfortable with whoever it is that they're dealing with. And if they don't feel comfortable, certainly don't continue to work with that person. So on the mortgaging side, you know, dealing with experts is always a much smarter route than going for the 1-800 type of, you know, ING directs and the president's choice and these type, because, you know, it's hard to deal with 1-800 lines. It's not that they don't offer a good service. They do. And of course, they offer good interest rates and they offer, you know, a lot of free banking services, but they don't give the one-on-one personal touch. And there's nothing to be said that could really, you know, take away the strength of about a one-on-one personal contact. I mean, that's the way I do my business is one-on-one. And I think it's extremely, extremely important. So a newcomer's guide to Canadian housing, how to find properties, whether you're renting it, whether you're buying a home here in Canada, these are important facts. But one thing that's equally important is understanding, as I said, condominiums. So what exactly is a condominium? You have a number of different types of condominiums. So if you're a newcomer coming into the country and you've got, you know, maybe two or three or four children, you may want to consider a condominium townhouse. Basically, a condominium townhouse gives you most of the amenities that an ordinary, like a semi-detached house would give, except you're just attached on both sides. In common day language, sometimes the end units, they may call row house, but row house is actually somewhat different. What's really important is, is that a condominium is a cluster of properties. So in other words, if you're driving down the street and you happen to see an entryway and it says, for instance, one, two, three, four, Glen Aaron Drive. Now, when you stop and you're ready to drive into the common roadways, you're going to notice probably a map and the map is going to show the unit position. So unit one to 10 and unit 11 to say 20 and that type of thing. Or maybe it will just show the units on the, on the door, on the front door, unit one, unit two, unit three, unit four. The reason they're called units is it's because if there's say 100 units in that complex, That means that there's 100 units which are part of that corporation. So 1234 Glen Aaron Drive is the property address, but the description of the unit is the unit number. 
So in a townhouse complex, generally speaking, it will be level one, unit one, level one, unit two, level one, unit 54. So that is part of the condo corporation. So then you would know immediately when you drive past it that you've just driven by a townhouse corporation. And that would be a condominium style because everybody that owns a unit in that complex, okay, will be a part of the corporation. So if there is a hundred units, you would own one one hundredth. Now, interesting part is, is that townhouses, and I haven't touched on townhouses because we've been really dealing with a lot of issues having to do with high rises, high rise condominium apartments. But in a townhouse, and, and I guess I can actually say that this is not only for newcomers, this is actually for existing you know, like people that have lived in our country for years, and they really just don't understand what, a, what the difference is. But in a townhouse complex, the common roadway areas, all the land, the common roadways, you know, even the driveways, the backyard areas, you know, the fencings, those are all common elements. So in other words, that condo corporation the board of directors will be hiring, say, landscaping crews, snow removal crews. You know, if, say, the roofs need to be replaced, say, the windows need to be replaced. Generally speaking, exterior elements of the townhouse should be covered under the declarations, which would then be, of course, the responsibility of the corporation. So when you buy a townhouse, the biggest difference is, is that you are responsible for the interior of the unit. When you buy a house, then of course, you own the land, you own the building, and you own the interior. So everything is your responsibility. And that's the reason, of course, why the prices are substantially higher, because you're buying land involved in your purchase price. But when you're talking about townhouses, you're only buying one one hundredth of the parcel of land that the complex is on. So therefore, of course, all the expenses to maintain the land, maintain the exterior buildings, maintain the roofs and so on, would have to all come from the budgets of the corporation. And that budget is brought together from your maintenance fees. So every single month, every single unit has a certain amount of maintenance fees that has to be put towards the operating budget of that condominium townhouse complex. Now, in many cases, water is a very, very difficult thing to submeter per unit. So it's extremely common that water would actually be part of all of the complex. So in other words, you'll get one bill and it'll be divided up between the units in their maintenance fees. Now, as far as heat and hydro, okay, they are submetered. You'll have your own furnace or whether it's electric baseboard heating whatever the case may be, is those are amenities that are brought directly to you and therefore you will be receiving separate billings. So in most cases, standard townhouse complexes, you know, the types that you drive by and you see them, they're either, you know, a two-story with or without a garage. Maybe they're the tri-level where they're the three-story ones and then they have a garage and you have an entrance coming in and you're actually coming in on the basement floor. You're not coming in on the second floor these kind of units, you know, each of them, they, they offer different benefits depending on your lifestyle, whether or not you want that kind of a main floor family room area, which is actually your basement level. Two stories, you will have a definite basement. But the bottom line is, is whichever one it is that you're going to choose, the structure is the same. Maybe the square footage may not be the same. Maybe the layout's not the same. 
but the actual structure of the way that the operations of the condominium works is exactly the same. So in most cases, you will be paying for your own heat and hydro, say your air conditioning, which would be part of your hydro. But certainly water, most likely, not 100% guarantee, but most likely water would be part of the expenditures of the corporation. On top of that, building insurance. The building insurance is covered by the corporation because like I said, the exterior of the building is part of the corporation, the corporation, but the interior is where the unit owner would want to obtain insurance. So whether or not you are a a tenant and you're getting tenant insurance and then your owner has to get tenant owner insurance or whether or not you're an owner and you live in the property, then that's what you would want to get. So, you know, remember, because a lot of people, they tend to, I find a lot of new families coming in to our country, you know, they recognize that they do want to give, uh, you know, different benefits to their children and maybe they want to wash their car on their driveways. And these are only things that you can get if you're in a townhouse. And if, in fact, it has a driveway and a garage, because some of them don't. But they do generally have a common space area backyard patio for barbecuing and whatnot. And then beyond that, so you have like a restricted use area. And that restricted use area could be a patio leading out your backyard. And you'll notice that there's no fencing directly at the back of it. And that's because, you know, when the maintenance crews come in, they will have to do the mowing of the lawns and so on all through the complex. So that means that they've got to get from one townhouse to the neighboring one, to the next one, to the next one. And the only way they can possibly do that would be if they do not have any gates and fences. So generally speaking, the common area would not be sectioned off from your backyard area. Now, if you do have a pet, that might be something you want to consider. I have seen some townhouses out there, and I guess that maybe they're a little bit more children and pet friendly. So they have allowed the fences to go in. However, they have to have a gate, and the gate allows the access back and forth between the backyard and the common area. So that could be something to consider. But certainly there tends to be more of a fence that will be drawn between you know, the backyards of the different strips of townhouses So you may not have a completely open area from backyard to backyard and say green space in the middle, but some of them actually do. Some of them do have the green space in the center area and then they have like a creative playground, you know, some type of amenities or extracurricular spot for children to play, which is actually really a nice feature, but you know, everything comes with a cost. So if you have that feature, of course, your security aspect is going to be a little bit more compromised because your backyard is open to all the other units, not just to your neighboring ones beside you. They're also going to be open to all of the neighboring ones behind you. Now, that's one type. And, you know, as a newcomer to the country, what you might want to do is take a look at the different types before you then step in and make a decision what works best for your family. So we're going to get into the second type in just a few minutes. So you hang tight and we'll be right back. This is Linda Pinizzato from the Hayes FM. 